Good morning. My name is Edgar Momo. I serve as one of the pastors here at ZF. In 1917, Frederick Lehman wrote the words of this amazing hymn. It says, The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole and priceless pardon won. And the refrain goes, you know it, O love of God, how rich and pure. How measureless and strong it shall forever endure. The saints and angels song. These words capture a timeless truth about the kindness and love of God toward hapless sinners such as you and me. More than any other hymn I know, and I know a lot of them, I love hymns. But this really captures, I believe, this whole notion of the kindness of God. The third stanza, which is the most popular stanza, even conveys a better outlook of the overflowing generosity of the love of God for his children in a more profound way. Listen to it. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made, where every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. This illustration of God's unrestrained love toward us in this hymn is akin to what Scripture tells us in John 3.16. We all know that. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And if this does not describe the epitome of the overflowing generosity of the love of God, then nothing else does. Therefore, it is out of such overflowing fountain of his love and generosity toward us that we are entreated to extend generosity toward others in all aspects of life. This morning, we will focus on generosity with prayer. I believe among all the different modes of expressing generosity, this is perhaps the hardest practice because even though prayer is a common Christian phenomenon, it is nevertheless a hard discipline to cultivate. In fact, it is even easier for some people to be generous with money and time than with prayer. Tim Keller argues that the very fact that Prayer is great 
and I concur with him that it is one of the greatest assets or weapons that God has given to the church and believers in Christ to bring about change in our personal lives, in our families, in our church, and many other situations makes prayer a difficult thing. It looks simple, but yet difficult. Because there is nothing great that is easy. Show me anything that is great that you do in this life that is easy. So it makes prayer difficult. That is why sometimes we wrestle even in order to pray. Listen to, to Keller's own admission. And I believe you also may agree with him. He says, and I quote, when those hours of the day come in which we should be having our prayer sessions with God, it often appears as though everything has entered into a conspiracy to prevent it. We often wrestle in prayer just to concentrate. Your thoughts flit back and forth between God and the many pressing duties which await you. Isn't that the case for many of us when we sit down to pray? If we struggle to pray then for our own personal needs, our own edification and intimacy with God, how much more harder do you think it is to effectively uphold others before God? It is hard for us to even connect or to pray for our own edification, let alone bring others before God. I know some of you in this church who excel in this area of praying for people just as much as you excel in other forms of showing generosity. But what about the rest of us? Where are you at? So our goal this morning, as we look into generosity with prayer, will be specifically focused on the prayer of intercession. The prayer of intercession, which is basically the act of, 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 of intervening on behalf of others through prayer. Simply put, you intervene on behalf of others through prayer. And in the context of this message, it means using our currency or resource of prayer to enrich the life of others. We're using what we've got, the currency we've got, the resources we've got to enrich the life of others. So come along with me as we explore the why and how we can overflow with generosity in prayer and look at the impact it produces in the life of those we pray for. We'll look at the why. We'll look at the how and what impact it has on those who pray for. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you wanting to learn how to use the abilities and the love that you have shared in our own hearts to be used for your glory, to enrich the life of other people. We ask that you help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We will read from Ephesians. If you don't have a Bible, just look, just right on, uh, underneath the few that is uh, in front of you, there is one. And if you don't have one that you call your own, please take that one home. It's our gift to you. I read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 9, then 15 to 19. It reads, verse 3 reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in knowledge of him having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? So why should we pray for others? It was established at the beginning of this series that the goal of this series is to appreciate, to help us to appreciate the notion that God is like a fountain of life and love who lavishly overflows with generosity toward us. Drew even used the Niagara Fall as an illustration to, be, to depict the perpetual overflowing love of God toward us. That love is so great that no matter the size of the container we bring to that fountain, we would never drain it dry. It's, there is always going to be an overflowing of that love, just as we heard from this, the hymn I started with. Therefore, as we receive God's overflowing love and grace in our own lives. We are called to replicate that same generosity toward others in all aspects of life. Paul modeled that notion for us in Ephesians 1, as you heard me read. He shows us the reason why we should overflow in generosity with prayer toward others. In, his, in this epistle, Paul prayed some of the most generous prayers you could 
ever find in the Bible. Paul has so many prayers he prayed in Philippians, he prayed in Corinthians, he prayed in Colossians. He prayed and kept praying, you know. But just, I love this prayer. It's so generous, thinking of what he was desiring that God can do in the life of his friends. In verse 3, we see that he prefaced the first of his prayers with a curse. And that curse went on to inform the rest of his prayers in this book of Ephesians. And it is my hope this morning that we may glean from his reason why he could pray such generous prayer for his friends and that it would inform our own prayer lives. Verse 3 reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Paul's proclamation of blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ was both an address and a recognition of God as the one who deserves to be honored and glorified when we stand praying. John Calvin recognized this fact when he called Christians first of all to have a due sense of seriousness and magnitude of prayer when we approach God. We are approaching our Heavenly Father. And so Calvin was saying that we should have this sense of duty and diligence when we are approaching because since prayer is a personal audience and conversation with the Almighty God of the universe, his, Calvin says there's nothing worse than to be devoid of all before him. God of the universe. Therefore, when we approach God in prayer, our posture ought to be one of all evoking worship of the King of glory. And Paul demonstrates this for us. No wonder when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he said, pray in this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Matthew 6 verse 9. Paul also went on to give the reason for his high praise of God in the same verse. He said, because God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In other words, he recognized that God is a fountain or source of every blessing. He benevolently lavishes his love upon us in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, this it's great, friends. God has blessed us. That then suggests that these blessings are higher. They are better and more secure than all earthly blessings we could ever bless anyone with. You can give your whole bank account to someone. It will do them well. But there is something that prayer does that no money can do. There is something that prayer does that nothing else in this world can do. This then suggests that 
They serve higher and better. Hence, it is ours to receive them with thanksgiving because whatever we have, we have received. And therefore, we should enjoy them as a gift from the benevolent hand of God. Doesn't the doxology hymn tell us this? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But you may ask, what are some of these heavenly blessings Paul is talking about here that we have received in Christ? He tells us that we have been chosen by God and given the ability to reflect the glory of God and in holiness. And we have also been predestined for adoption into the family of God through Christ. Paul also tells us that we have been redeemed through the blood of Christ and we have received forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He goes on to say he has lavished his love upon us in all wisdom, power, and authority. And he has made us known. He has made known to us the mystery of his will. And we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which guarantees our inheritance of his glory. These, friends, are great blessings. Money cannot buy this. Nothing. Paul is reminding his friends, friends, you are blessed. And this is what I'm going to pray into your life. God has done these great things. In light of these, overflow in generosity with prayer for others, here are some practical reasons why we should pray for others. And I'll go through this briefly, quickly. Praying for one, praying for others makes us more aware of what we have received and ought to be thankful for. It evokes that in us. That you have received great blessings from the Lord. Because when we pray for someone who is experiencing difficulties or health issues, it brings us to remembering our own blessings and being thankful for good health. It sure does that for us. Secondly, praying for others also gives us a chance to listen to God about how we can be of help or be generous toward them in any other forms. When we pray for people, it causes us to listen to God. Of course, we know that sometimes prayer is the only thing we can do, but other times it also gives us an opportunity to be the hands and feet of God, of Christ. We call to be. Thirdly, prayer for all, praying for others helps us to actively focus on their needs instead of ours alone. When we pray for others, it forces us to think about what they need, which leads us to being more outwardly focused on all of our relationships. And this is the bedrock of what it means to be generous in the general sense of it, extending what you have beyond yourself for the good of others. That's generosity. Extending what you have. You already have it. 
beyond your own self for the good of others. Next, we pray. When we pray for others, we emulate Christ himself just like Paul did. The scriptures show us many occasions where Christ prayed for us and encouraged us to do the same. And one of such prayers that never ceases to bring tears to my eyes that I read over 30-something years ago as a young Christian is John 17. There's no way I can read John 17 and does not bring chills through me that Christ is praying not only for his disciples, but he said, Father, I pray for those who will believe in their testimony, and that is you and I. Christ prayed. Paul emulated him, and we too, we also can do the same. And fifthly, when we pray for others, we directly benefit from it. Because praying for others does not only serve like a catalyst. There's a few who, science background, know that. It only speeds up a reaction, but it does not participate. It does not become part of the reaction, the chemical reaction itself. Or it's not a mere channel of communication that only conveys the communication, but it not, does not benefit from the communication itself. When you pray, you are not left empty. It blesses your own life. You may have heard the cliche, prayer changes things. And I add, and the person who prays. It changes things, but the person who prays is equally blessed. When we pray for others, it gives us the joy of seeing the transformative work of God in their lives and also in ours. And I strongly believe there is nothing more joyful to the one who prays than an answered prayer. And John 16 verse 24 says, Jesus said, Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Let us briefly look at how to pray for others. And you may agree with me that knowing about the significance of prayer or why we should pray is one thing. And knowing how to pray is another thing. And I believe this is usually the struggle for many of us when it comes to prayer in general. We know the value of prayer. We know that prayer is essential. But we struggle to pray because we do not know how to pray. Lest we do not know how to even pray for people. It is not that we lack knowledge about that importance. But it is the how that we struggle with. No wonder when Jesus, Jesus' disciples asked him, Lord, they came to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I hope you find some comfort in this. That your own struggle is not unique. It is something that goes across. Even Jesus' disciples struggled with that. But we all can learn how to pray together effectively or exercise our generosity with prayer on behalf of others. 
Let us look at what Paul says in Ephesians. And then we'll look at some practical ways how we could effectively and generously pray for others. In verse 15 and 16, Paul did not only sum up his reason why he prayed for the saints in Ephesus, but also revealed that it was a habitual pardon of his to give thanks to God in prayer on behalf of others. And it's no mistake that Paul used thanksgiving here as a precursor to his prayer for the saints regarding their faith in Christ Jesus, asking for what, before asking for what he wanted to see God do in their lives. Thanksgiving, I thank God for you daily. Paul makes a big deal about Thanksgiving in, in, in his model of prayer. He admonishes elsewhere in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And we all know that scripture. If you do not know it, please learn it and keep it in your heart. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, hello, with thanksgiving, now present your request to God with thanksgiving. So Paul here is thanking God. He uses thanksgiving as a precursor to pronounce his prayer on behalf of his friends. So as we pray for others about their circumstances, let us always remember that it is a matter of first principle that we should lace our petitions with thanksgiving. Lace our petitions with thanksgiving. In my own personal life, the place I have enjoyed the most in prayer is being extremely thankful to him for who he is, what he has already done, as I trust him for what he will do, and not being anxious about what I want him to do. That is my sweet spot in prayer. I enjoy it so much. By the time I finish really pouring my heart of thanksgiving to the Lord, I even forget what I was asking for. But guess what? God did not forget. He already knew it. But you rise up feeling better. Because thanksgiving is great. So when we pray for others, let us pray thanking God for them. Because your thanksgiving is more powerful than you think. It elevates God far above our problems. Such that it replaces our fears and doubts with a peace of God that surpasses all understanding. This aspect of thanksgiving became even more evident to me eight years ago when my family was to join me in the States. Many of you know my story. So my family went, according to the, our lawyer, there was a zero chance of a failure, of rejection, because they did the best that they could do, according to the books. But things didn't go the way we had assumed first. Of course, I had already... Uh, intimated my wife that we need to pray more than to trust in the papers. And it was good that I actually told her that. And so they walked into the embassy and the consul vehemently, emphatically rejected them and gave them their rejection notice. And even when my wife tried to make a case, she asked them out of the consulate or the embassy. 
And my wife was in tears. They went outside. And I called my friends who had, who had given them a ride to just find out the status of things because I, knew, I believed that they were inside. And by the time I called him, he started stuttering. Well, that was a hint that things did not go as we expected. But at that moment, without saying anything else to him, I just went down on my knees. And some, some of you who know my story, by that time I was carrying about 78 pounds of fluid in my body. And so kneeling down was not anything I would have loved to do anyway. But I just went down on my knees without talking to my friend any further, and I started thanking God for what he was doing. He knew better than we know, even though it's not pleasant to us at this moment, but I just thank him. And after I finished thanking God and I struggled my way back up, I called my wife, and she could not pick a call. So I called my friend again, and he told me something that is nothing short of a miracle that never ceases to amaze us. He said, as they, as they were about to get into the car, they sent the security after them. And the security has come and called them to go back in. If you know anything about American visa overseas, it is... Sometimes they make it as though it's even the golden ticket of going to heaven. It's harder because Jesus says, come. <laughs> they make it so hard for obvious reasons. So while they're getting into the car, they came and called them back. And when she went back into the, the consulate, the first thing that the consul did was to thank her for coming back. She withdrew their rejection notice, which they do not do that. It's written on their website. You can reapply after a rejection, meaning more money. Pay all the fees again. But this time she withdrew the rejection letter and she took the passport. And she said, you will hear from us. Long story cut short, they are here. But hello, when I knelt down to pray, I didn't kneel down to pray to say, God, change the situation. That was not my intention if I didn't know what was going on. I knelt down only in obedience to the Lord who says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And he did only what he can do without me even telling him I did not know what was going on. But thanksgiving brings about a great deal. So Paul said, I pray that the eyes, here's the contents of the prayer. Briefly, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. And notice here that the first thing that Paul prayed is that for these believers is that their eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. Tim Keller observes again here that one of Paul's 
prayer throughout the New Testament. Though Paul knew that his friends were going through hardships, he knew that they were going through danger, persecution, and fear of death from disease and separation from their loved ones. Paul did not initially start by praying for those things. Rather, he prayed directly for what he thought was the most important thing. That God, that he wanted God to do in their lives, which is to enlighten the eyes of the understanding. It wasn't wrong for Paul to have prayed for that God would meet their needs, but Paul knew that if God were to enlighten their understandings, understanding things would change. Because the greatest gift of prayer he could offer on behalf of his friends was that they may know the truth of God's love. And that faith and trust will penetrate and grip your hearts so deeply that they may know the hope to which they were called and the riches of the glorious inheritance of the immeasurable greatness of his power. He firmly believed in this. Because he knew that it would bring about not only physical change in their lives, emotional as well as cognitive. If David also prayed the same prayer in Psalm 13 for four times, how long, oh Lord, would you hide your face from me? How long would you reject me? How long would you cause my enemies to triumph over me? How long this one? And then David just realized that, enlighten my eyes. And once David prayed and God's, his eyes were enlightened, David switched to praise. Of God's name. Why? Because the fog was removed. And he saw God in a different light. Because he knew God has a plan. For them. Here are these quick reasons. Why we should pray. Pray for others from the heart. You know how do we pray? How, how do we now pray? Pray from others from, your, from, from the heart. With a deep feeling and sincerity. And pray for them regularly. These are ways I'm just showing you how we can pray. Paul demonstrated this. He said, I always give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Number three, pray for them in detail. As we seek God to enlighten the eyes of the hearts of those we pray for, if there is a prayer request, let us pray into those prayer requests too. Pray. That, and do not just summarize your prayer. God bless them. Next, pray for them with faith and love. Believing that God can do what only he can do. And also pray for others fervently. And fervently means with zeal, with passion. Someone has said fervency in prayer for others is like pray as though their life depends upon your prayer. As though you are their life support. Pray Pray for others with, this, with a desire to physically help where you can. So we are not only praying, but if God leads you to go beyond, they can send them a card, you can send them uh, a, a, an encouragement, a call, a visit, and all of those things, or, or even financially help them. 
And in closing, briefly, what are the effects of praying? And I'll just breeze through this. The effects of praying for others. Here is the quote I came across on the internet, and I really wanted to read it verbatim. It says, praying for others is, in fact, an act of self-purification. When, in, when your intention becomes pure, your heart gets filled with generosity. Generosity is a trait of God. When you pray with generous heart, it will surely heal others and make their life better than yours. Make their life better and yours the best. By the way, this is not written by someone who I believe is a Christian. But I feel that every word here is true. Because St. Augustine, one of the greatest theologians that impacted Christian thoughts, apart from Paul, you know, after Paul, he was this great African theologian. He said, all truth is God's truth no matter where it may be found. So whoever said this, even if they're Christian or not, it is true. And in my view, every word here is true. Because listen to what James says, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. He says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the, for the elders or pastors of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, it will be forgiven. This text clearly shows us that our prayers produce results. And when it says pray, it's, this is not even exclusively for the elders or pastors. It means every one of us could pray into the prayer of healing. We can pray for others. If I listen to what he says, he says in the following verse, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The honest prayer of a righteous person has power and produces wonderful results. So, friends, we are called to generosity. Generosity with our prayers, standing on behalf of others in intercession and asking God to do great things. But there are effects, tangible effects, that it produces the impact it produces is far more significant than we may ever know. It surely brings about healing to those who are ailing, comfort to the hurting, mending of broken heart, the brokenhearted, maturity for the weak in faith, breakthrough for difficult situations, peace in times of conflict, direction for the wandering soul, victory for the one who is bowed down with care, uplifting for the one whose heart is downcast. Your prayers can bring all of this about. Your prayers. So God wants us to pray. And I'm fully convinced that we all have benefited from the prayers of the saints, from their generosity. Can we do likewise? Can we do likewise? Let's pray. Spend the time, just pray for someone as the uh, musicians come up. Use this time and just pray for someone right now.